People are going to lose their minds. This is a moment in history unlike anything humanity's gone through. It's a very different world for humans to come. Take a step back and see the broad picture, which is the way all these technologies are interlinked. Because this is all about exponentiality, and humans can't think in exponential terms. How consequential do you want to say machine intelligence is? It's almost certainly as consequential as writing. How long did writing take to disseminate through the human population? You know, hundreds, thousands of years. And we're dealing with it now on a scale of months. But in this kind of world, you're compounding 100% growth every year, and the numbers become astronomical. AI is going to spot patterns in the world that were just completely invisible to us. Even if you think that the AI and the robots are your demise, you might as well bloody invest in them and make some money out of it. If not, you're just gonna be angry man shaking your fists at the clouds. Can the market party last? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Mark Ritchie II, advisor at Minervini Private Access and manager at RTM Capital. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm great, Maggie. Thanks for having me back. Always fun to be on Real Vision. Yeah, and it's kind of fun to watch the markets today because we saw big moves in the wake of that uh, Fed decision to keep rates on hold, uh, especially when we look at bonds, a 10-year uh, falling to 4.66% just in a day. Stocks took off on the back of that um, as well. We have, for many indices, S&P certainly best day since May, but NASDAQ up 1.7, S&P up almost 2%, 1.89, Dow up 1.7, Russell up 2.5, VIX down 7%. All around, it certainly looks like it was sort of a day for the bulls. What are you watching most closely here? Yeah, really good question. Great day to be on because, you know, at least some interesting things to talk about in terms of the general market. So, look, for starters, I, I don't want to say I was expecting this type of a snapback. Um, I think you said something, you know, can the party last? I, I would, you know, jokingly say what there hasn't been a party. <laughs> you know, we've been uh, we've been in a pretty nasty tape really since the end of you know late July, uh, early August. And if you look at depending on which index chart, obviously Russell being the worst in terms of the small caps and NASDAQ being the strongest, uh, it, it has you know, been a pretty nasty sell-off. I mean, the peak to trough decline in the small caps was close to 20%. I mean, so it's like you've almost had a bear market decline within a, you know, a larger decline just over the last few months. So starting with you know, where we are today, uh, we were badly oversold. Uh, in terms of sentiment, uh, pretty bombed out as well. Uh, and you know, you and I were talking, you know, just before kicking off, that in my mind we sort of had a, a sentiment recycling. And what I mean by that is, if you looked at a number of these surveys, uh, AAII and AAIM, things like put call, fear, greed, all of those, you know, by mid late summer were getting pretty over their skis bullish. Uh, and this is classic, and and I've said this before in terms of I don't see those as the best timing indicators, uh, but they're more like uh, stick your thumb up in the air, which way is the mm -hmm. wind blowing, uh, you know, the overall environment. Um, I tend to like them more at, at lows, though. You know, for peaks and highs, uh, it just means sometimes you need a little bit of a pullback. Well, we got a lot more than a pullback, uh, and in fact, you know, this entire year has been we've seen these sort of. 
momentum-driven snapback rallies in equities, and then the breath doesn't confirm really. I think the last time I was on was in the summer where I, I gave a few things I'd like to see confirmed to say, is this rally going to broaden out? Are we going to see sort of more of, you know, that really healthy bull advance? And it was sort of the opposite, you know, like the Dow tried to confirm we never got a, a new highs in the advanced decline line. And the overall participation from stocks has just been lackluster really all year. So now back to today, where did that leave us? You know, if you, and anybody, if you want to look at a, a chart, say of the Russell, I mean, we have been trading in a really narrow sort of range downtrend, and it looks like we're trying to snap out of that coming back the other way. I'm sure a lot of people will say this is just short covering. It's a dead cat bounce. I don't necessarily have to have uh, an argument either one of those camps, uh, you know, whether or not it's a new bull bear. I tend to look at what are the technicals saying right here? Uh, I've been pretty defensive for the last two months, uh, six weeks for sure. Uh, but as of today, uh, I actually think it, it was certainly constructive to say this rally probably has a, a little bit of juice because, I mean, we saw better than nine to one, just looking at my screen right now, the final run rate numbers might not fully be in, but on the NYSE, nine to one uh, buying volume, nine times the volume on the upside, the downside. That's uh, that's pretty good breath. Uh, four to one on the NASDAQ. You had five to one advancers declines on the NYSE. That's really what you want to see coming off of a low or to potentially put in a low. And then if you take into consideration a number of the things I just said, yeah, we're really oversold. Uh, and it seemed like people were getting, you know, for lack of a better word, pretty skeptical, negative. Um, and the breath in like percentage of stocks above their long-term moving averages was in the 20s. Percentage of stocks above their intermediate term moving averages um, was very low. You know, net new 52-week lows to highs, um, those were all kind of at levels where, not that I would call for a bottom, but to say this is what bottoms are made of. But I'm not a, I'm not a guy who's trying to pick the low because yeah. that, at least for me, that that tends to be how you get your fingers chopped off. <laughs> especially uh, this year, especially well, like, that's why we didn't lead with, is this a bottom? Because that's what everyone's really asking. But we were like, we didn't even want to put that. We didn't want those words to come across our lips because it's been so, it's been so disappointing for so many people who for both in stocks and in bonds this year. It's been painful for people trying to time this. Well, and you, you mentioned rates. Obviously, I think the relief uh, in rates is is clearly a part of this. And one of the reasons, you know, I, I don't like to get too hung up sometimes on the secular, are we in a secular, you know, bear or bull or what? And to me, it's like, again, I'm, I'm just trying to manage risk uh, and make more when I'm right than I lose when I'm wrong. And I'll be the first to say, I've gotten a lot of things wrong in the last 12 months. The key is to be wrong small. Um, and not dig in with opinions. So, uh, but to your question or, or sort of point about, is this the bottom? And I, I sort of look at the lows and the bottom sometimes as two different things, mm. meaning um, sometimes you get a low in price, um, but you're not really sure the bottom is in, meaning, or that it's time to sort of put on, you know, maybe, maybe more risk. And, and sometimes actually, you also get lows in price, then those are retested, or you, you can look at other things where, let's say, hypothetically speaking, I, I don't know, the market comes back down and, and then we make, you know, maybe new lows in some areas, but not in others. And that's where I would look at certain breath things to say, well, maybe we're making new lows here, but I don't think they're going to stick because 
you know, there's not fresh new lows and momentum, or we're not seeing, say, more stocks making new lows, um, those type of things. Right now, though, everything, you know, from today says we want to be watching. Do we, are, is this rally initially met with distribution or selling? So mm -hmm. if you look since the highs in, in late July, August, depending on which index you look at, we have not had more than a couple of days rally that is not met with distribution. And my definition of distribution is very simple. It's just a down day in the general market uh, on higher volume than the prior day. And so even looking at the strongest of the, of the indices, say the NASDAQ, when you've had a day like yesterday or today, within three to five days, it has been met with selling. Which if you think about just the nature of buyers and sellers, when you, know, you get a bunch of buying coming in, and I was on a call with some of our clients at MPA earlier today, and one of the questions I got repeatedly was, well, how do we know if this is just short covering versus real buying? And I said, we don't know. Mm. That's not, uh, you know, that's not for me to say. All I can judge is, are we getting buying? And then as you watch in subsequent days, if there's no follow-up buying, and then you see a lot of net selling coming in, it just, it, that tells you what you need to know, meaning there's still supply out there in the market. And any buying that subsequently came in was probably sh more of a short covering type nature. Yeah. This is why everyone, you know, Everybody loves to label every mar you know, bear market snapback as, oh, it's just short covering until then it rips their faces off you know, and keeps running. Well, that's because there's more buying that's continuing to come in where when it is just a dead cat bounce or sort of that bear market rally, it fades quickly. Well, that's where you, you're watched from here. Do we get distribution? Do we see a change in character? So the nature of the tape over the last two months has been rallies have faded or been faded, meaning the institutions, the, the enormous buyers and sellers of stocks have been net sellers into this strength. Well, do we see that in the next you know, three to five days? That's the first thing I'd be looking for. Then do we see breadth improvement, say under the surface? Do we see stock, more stocks starting to make 52 week highs? That'd be a really positive development. We really haven't seen that, uh, but for a few moments over the summer all year. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Tell me where you want to go with the discussion from here, Maggie. Yeah, and no, I love it because as I'm listening to you, you know, I, I think that it, you, you, this is such an, an critically important point because it's very rare that there is a bottom. It's usually a bottoming process, right? And you just really, really explain to us what you're looking for to confirm whether we are in that bottoming price, you know, process. I mean, maybe you're going to be lucky. It, some some people will be and have actually bought on the low of the of the cycle, but you know, it does take a little while and all these other indicators to kind of line it up to figure it out. I want to ask you a question. What did you make of the speed today? And I'm thinking really with treasuries because that was a big turnaround. I mean, we were on yesterday. By the way, keen viewers will uh, remember that Tony was just expressing that same thing that Mark just talked about, about sentiment being so, so bearish. If you go back and listen, Tony was spot on on uh, Halloween when we spoke about the this, this sort of setup for something like this. But what did you make of the fact that we saw Treasury yield, the 10-year go from, um, I was on yesterday with Sri and it was 477. And then today we're at 467. I mean, these are big moves for Treasuries. Yeah. And, and I actually didn't look at, 
you know, some of this could be just a result of positioning, you know, people getting, you know, pressing the short side way too much, um, you know, either in stocks or in bonds. Um, to me, that that's a welcome sign in terms of, look, I'm not a bond specialist, mm. but you'd be a fool to not realize that rates are really what's been driving a lot of the pressure in equities. Um, and look, for years, I mean, <laughs> a, the entire real decade of the, you know, the 2010s, um, you had very little competition for stocks. And what I mean by that in terms of the risk-free rate, there was none. Uh, and therefore, you know, even if you, I don't use a lot of these classic, you know, stock PEs relative to interest rate metrics, but stocks were cheap uh, on the, a lot of those basis are on a lot of those readings. If there's, you know, no, for lack of a better word, benchmark, you know, or very little yield in treasuries. Well, in the last year, that has, that whole dynamic has massively changed. And then since the summer, you really saw, you know, the TLT break down, which means, you know, yields on the tens and thirties are breaking out. Uh, and that's been clearly putting pressure on the market. Well, the way I've, I just like to think of it is in terms of you've got more options. You know, if you're a, if you're an equity manager and you go, well, why am I taking this extra risk in stocks when I'm getting paid, you know, more over here? And I think that's just sort of been, that's been the nature of some of these sell-offs really mm -hmm. going back to, you know, sort of mid 22, because it, it, it hasn't been um, that classic where prior it was, you know, the market's worried about growth. And then you start to see bonds become the flight to quality and volatility is the flight to quality. And it's been the exact opposite. It's like, you know, bonds are putting people under pressure and they go, oh, we're going to sell some stocks. And it becomes this sort of drip drab where everything sort of cycles lower and volatility never really has helped you. And I, we've mm -hmm. talked about this as well. Well, you sort of saw the same dynamic even in the last two months. Volatility never, what, what did Vix peak at 22, 23? You know, so anyone who was looking for that big puke never really got it, you no. know? And we've seen that now every time it's sort of the rubber band gets stretched and some people are thinking it's going to snap or break and it doesn't really happen. And all the vol hedging guys are probably disappointed. Uh, like you said, I think the VIX got clocked today, which is exactly what I would have expected. So yeah, the real question is, of course, is this just a correction in the larger trend, say in rates? Uh, well, again, I'm not, I'm not heavily trading the rate market right now uh, at all. I shouldn't say uh, not, not as if I was prior. Because uh, that's you know that's not my area of specialization, mm. but it's something I watch, and uh, I would certainly not be surprised uh, to see that continue to unwind the other way. But that's like in any trend, Maggie. Has has the trend shifted the other way? I'm not ready to make that call. I mean, listen, I, I think it's pretty clear. The Fed, you know, I listen to the comments like everybody else. They're still trying to walk the tightrope. I think, yeah, maybe some people got caught over their skis in terms of rates or pushing it too hard. Yeah, I think Powell's comments on, well, we're, you know, we're, we're closer to balanced. Uh, and he did seem to allude to the fact that, look, we've come a long way. Uh, so, you know, perhaps some people uh, took a little bit of risk off the table there. And so, yeah, you right now, again, the rubber band was stretched both in rates and in equities. I think we've, you know, snapped a little bit closer to neutral. Um, anybody who's expecting, even if you're an Uber bear, which I'm not, you, you would be expecting this type of a snapback in either market. Uh, mm. at this point. 
Yeah. Um, as we're talking, I'm I, I want to follow up on that with something Andreas talked about. But as we're talking, um, Ticketmaster just crossing Live Nation, Ticketmaster parent, Live Nation blowing out earnings. Um, thanks in large part to, yes, you guessed it, Taylor Swift and Beyonce tours. We know they made it into the Fed Beige Book and everything else. So the economic impact from that um, hitting the broader economy, but also really helping out Live Nation as well. That stock's trading up after hours. We're also watching for Apple out after the close here. Um, so on that point, Mark, um, that it, it is interesting, this sort of, the, what this will mean for the Fed. Uh, Andreas released his latest update on our website today, and he's a little bit concerned about the market reaction. Let's have a listen and we'll talk on the other side. Jay Powell decided to hand over the keys to Federal Reserve policy to interest rate markets, basically, uh, by stating that uh, the trends that we've seen in U.S. Treasury yields towards a steeper yield curve, so higher long-term interest rates, basically allowed the Federal Reserve to lean back a little bit here uh, and allow the market to do the job for them. And I think that introduces a very, very um, tricky feedback loop to grasp from a market perspective because essentially Jay Powell, by saying that, has given a green light for markets to rally here, both in bond terms, but also in equity terms. And oh boy, that's what we've seen over the past 24 hours. Um, a tendency towards uh, a strong rally, a tendency towards risk appetite returning. Uh, and essentially, given this feedback loop that he has now introduced, Ultimately, if long bond yields, they drop ahead of the December meeting, if equity prices rally, say, 5-10% ahead of the December meeting, the Federal Reserve will have to hike following the same logic because markets will tell them to tighten again, um, given that he wants relatively tight financial conditions to keep inflation under control. So we now have a feedback loop going in both directions. So ultimately, I don't think this party is here to last. That full conversation is out today on our website. If you are listening on YouTube and you're not a full RV member, you are missing out. Go over to our website and jump on the latest offers there. Um, so, Mark, we we do have some uh, some questions coming in. Um, I think we kind of went over this, but Bo asking very specifically, are we looking at a monster bull trap here? It sounds like you think the jury's out on that, right? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> um, you know, so for people who aren't familiar, you know, maybe even in terms of my style is uh, I get I get caught in traps all the time. Uh, you know, I, I buy high, I buy highs and sell lows sometimes and things. Uh, that's just the nature of managing risk. Um, and, you know, the idea you know I often tell people is embrace being wrong because uh, that's just part of the business. Anybody anybody who's obsessed with being right all the time is usually going to wind up losing money eventually and often big. Uh, so what would I be looking for in terms of, is this just a bold trap? Well, yeah, for starters, like I, like I said, I, I would be looking for an improvement in breadth um, and, and for it to last longer than, you know, even a few weeks. Uh, there is an interesting, we didn't talk about the seasonals too. I, and this is sort of any of this stuff in terms of sentiment, it's always, what's more important is what are people doing? Not just what they're saying, you know? And There've been a lot of people even calling for this sort of seasonal rally. Well, that work, as you know, as far as uh, nearly as I can tell, and in, in the seasonality work we do at MPA is is quite constructive here, in November, December, on the third year of a presidential cycle. That's the strongest part of the year. So people, I think, are correct to be potentially anticipating 
uh, some type of a rally as well. Uh, now to the clip we just you know, watched, does that have a lid on it in terms of if, if it's too strong, you know, the Fed's going to have to come back in? Well, I think that's a fair concern. Um, but I'm not, to be clear, I'm not going to sit there and not buy um, something because I think uh, the Fed might come back in and raise rates. Um, not to mention, you know, look, if you, if you buy, say, good stocks breaking out of bases with good fundamentals, you can do well regardless of what the Fed's doing. I mean, look at what certain oil names have done this year. Look what AI names have done this year. Um, you know, if you buy right, that that actually takes care of a lot of things. So I, I don't. The other things, you know, bull trap and what? You know, that that's yeah, that's, that's pretty broad. Yeah, that's uh, true. So you know, one yeah. thing that jumped out at us. Sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. One thing that what we were looking at today too, um, and I, I don't I don't know that you play in individual names, but. We just mentioned Live Nation killed it. We we know all about the Taylor Swift and Beyonce, you know, um, effect. But it, a lot of the earnings coming out, Starbucks is up 10%. Palantir was up 21%. DoorDash, 16%. Roku, 30%. Shopify, 20%. Th these were some big moves today. Was it just that it was all part of this just return of risk and and overall broad broad market rally or does it say something else about earnings that we need to be paying attention to yeah that's a really good question and listen again you know i'm not an economist but i would say i think it's probably surprised a lot of people how durable or strong the consumer has been in some respects hmm. you know and <laughs> the, the concerts and the restaurants and those things i mean right now a good example like even some of the your retailers uh, have held up very well the Abercrombies, the G3 apparels, the, you know, a number of your stores that you would think if we're heading into a recession here, that wouldn't be the case. I'm not making that call either way. Um, you know, it does seem though, like even post COVID, people are willing to spend money on these experience type things, you know, even more so than they were before. Doesn't mean they're even able to pay their credit card bills to do that. That's a whole separate issue. But yeah, there's there's a case to be made that the market had priced in maybe more bad news in some of these areas uh, than was reality. And I, I think, you know, again, sort of the, the whole recession and how much has been priced in really has been the question. Mm. Uh, and I think in the summer, you know, maybe a, a good chunk of that rally was the market sort of discounting the fact that the recession's not imminent. If you think of the market's always, you know, looking six six months out, over the summer, we were saying, eh, there's not going to be a recession in Q3, 4. Uh, well, I mean, we just had GDP come in hot. Uh, now, I know that's lagging, uh, and I'm sure all the recession guys out there are going to give me five reasons why, you know, we're going to have a recession. Again, it's like, guys, I'm like, I'm trying to stay agnostic and play the hand as every card comes out of the deck. So, yeah, I mean, back to the question, though, in terms of like, what's going to really get me bullish? Uh, from here, because I, I'm kind of, I'm I'm still holding an awful lot of cash. I think it, it's going to be a, a number of, like the market to me has to demonstrate that it's going to broaden out. So right now we just had a snapback uh, and I already gave you what to look for in terms of like, it's a short bull trap. You're going to see more volume selling hit the market. You're going to see, you know, all, most of these groups that snap back, they're going to fade quickly versus what we may see is things back and fill. And do we put some kind of a technical 
consolidation or base, and then things break out from there, or specifically the rally broaden out. And a simple way to watch that is just to see, like, do we get a, a increase in the stocks that are moving the overall market? This has been a very thin, narrow market in terms of participation. The percentage of stocks you know, in the NASDAQ that were trading above their long-term moving averages, even while the NASDAQ was still well above its 200, was like 30%. That means that two-thirds of the NASDAQ was in a bear market, while one-third was yeah. you know, dragging all the dead weight higher with it. Like, I want to see that dynamic completely reverse. And a lot of times, these things just take time. So where when that gets when those relationships get really stretched either way, you just need time to kind of see where things are going to wash out. Uh, and my goal isn't necessarily to catch the low prices, to catch the right price. Meaning, do I think there's a meaty part in the middle of the move, and I'll leave the I'll leave the tails for somebody else. Uh, but that's my style. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Boris has a great question, and I wonder if this is something else you want to look at for sort of confirmation of the longevity. Uh, he said, hi, Mark, do you expect money flow out of money market funds back into equities or is fixed income at this level of interest rate for the foreseeable future even more attractive? Um, th that You mentioned right at the beginning that, that, that for years there was no ec uh, competition for equities. There has been this year. Is that something that's part of what you want to see or? Certainly. Well, listen, let, let's 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 be really clear um, that if the Fed, this is where, you know, a lot of people have been caught off guard repeatedly thinking the Fed's going to go to cutting quickly, you know, or the economy is going to roll over. And the Fed's going to go right back to cutting and QE and all these other things, which will, you know, be this this real big, you know, positive burst for risk assets. That's true if or when it happens. But the Fed has been not playing along, uh, for lack of a better word, with everybody, you know, there's been this Pavlovian response that the minute anything looks like it's going to falter, uh, the Fed comes right back in. I've, I've been in that camp myself in terms of thinking they were going to do that. Uh, I wasn't putting a lot of risk capital on it. Uh, rather wait to see that confirmed. So if or when they do, yes, and to his point. So all that money then is going to come out of, if they lower rates, again, at some point, that money's going to find a home somewhere else. All these markets are, are just giant flow charts for capital, you know, as flows are moving in and out of different things. And if you look at the stock market, to me, actually makes perfect sense this year. Well, why would the Russell be trading so poor relative to other areas of the market? Because it's full of a ton of non-profitable, smaller companies that probably have to refinance debt. And if you're an equity manager, you want to be invested in that when you can get 5% in money markets? It, no. Well, I mean, or certainly I'm not going to favor that over if I have to be in equities. Well, I guess you can't beat them, join them, throw it in the mega cap area, right? Mm -hmm. Those at least have a large margin of safety, huge cash on the balance sheets. They have earnings. So, uh, you know, yes, is, is the short, there's the long answer to his question. Yeah, yes, absolutely. That's what I would expect. But I'm not expecting the Fed to necessarily do anything anytime soon. And they, I mean, Powell was clear as day yesterday. However, can we still have a rally? Of course, uh, we can absolutely have a rally. Uh, we, don't, we don't have to have the Fed come in guns blazing to see equities move higher. Or as I said before, 
If you're more of an individual area group type stock, stock picker, then certainly because stocks, yeah, 80% is gonna move with the general market, but leaders march to their own drummer and they're in their own cycle. So when you know people are going, oh, I don't get why the stock keeps going higher, even though you know the market is not very good. Well, because that stock is in its own earnings and sales cycle uh, and is stronger than even say the prevailing wind of the general market. Yeah. Uh, so certainly something we saw with Nvidia. Uh, you know, if you were all the way going back to the beginning of last year before we saw the big run. Um, also something we've been seeing in Bitcoin before we close out. Um, I know it, even if people aren't in it, they've been watching it because it's been on the move. It's actually up about a percent today against the backdrop. Are you how are you thinking about Bitcoin? Are you are you in it? Are you watching it? Yeah. So here's one I, I got <laughs> sort of wrong and right. Uh, you know. Earlier in the year, uh, I was buying it, you know, sort of aggressively in terms of trying to get a trading line on that then I could hold a piece for a bigger move. Got chopped around a little bit, you know, prices pulled back. We basically, look, we've been in this range, you know, between 30 and 25K for, for months and months, and then we broke out. Um, I, I didn't buy it. I uh, wish I had, obviously, but, you know, my whole philosophy is I'll just wait. I can always look for another spot to get in rather than giving into FOMO and just you know chasing things that are extended. I will also add, um, anytime I have sort of bought in the anticipation of regulators in Washington being on my side has not generally paid me well. Uh, but I will say this, uh, look, since I've been following the space, people have been saying we're gonna get an ETF. Uh, I think they're eventually right. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, and but I do believe uh, that the ETF is a big deal because it essentially credentializes the space. Mm. Uh, anyone who's followed me for a while on Real, Real Vision knows I, I like blockchain. I like Bitcoin. I was an investor in, in that area for a long period of time. Sold most of uh, my my physical coins, you know, in the, the you know last bull market. But uh, and I've been trading it here and there when it sets up. This move. In my, per my work, would uh, validate the fact that we're now in a new long-term uptrend, and, and I I've, I use that you know big surprise. We've doubled off the lows or whatever. For everyone who goes, well, tell me something I don't already know. It's like, well, if you study the price history, the last two cycles when we entered what I would call or what we would call a stage two advance, which is where your longer-term moving averages uh, have now crossed and the, and the prices start to make a new intermediate term highs. So you get all of your trends starting to line back up in, in the direction of the move. Well, that happened in the last cycle between eight and 10,000. Well, prices ran to 60 and 70. Uh, in the prior cycle, it happened between 800 and 1,000 and prices ran to 20K. So here's where, for anyone who's like, oh, I've missed it. No, you haven't. Um, if we're starting a whole new bull market, um, and the way these cycles have moved, if they're anything like that in the past, and if you do have a wall of potential money coming in through this whole BlackRock and all these ETFs, uh, that's buying power. And in, in an asset with fixed supply, this is where you know you you get out, you start doing your homework and looking for good entry points. And if you're a long-term investor, uh, I mean, I think you can potentially buy this breakout. You put your stop somewhere below 30k, uh, and you've got yourself a decent entry point. Fantastic. And on that education, um, for anyone who hasn't already, we have the Crypto Academy that's going to be hitting. So you can sign up 
for that because it's exactly that building that framework that Mark just talked about so that you're sort of ready when one of those moves comes. Mark, always so great to catch up with you, especially on such a fun day. Thank you for giving us such a good framework for what to look for um, to see whether this is something more substantial or just a sort of, you know, a short squeeze and a bounce that we need to be wary of. Appreciate Thanks, Maggie. It. Always good to see you. Always good to be on Real Vision. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much. And thanks to all of you. We will be back same time tomorrow. So take care and good luck out there. People are going to lose their minds. This is a moment in history unlike anything humanity's gone through. It's a very different world for humans to come. Take a step back and see the broad picture, which is the way all these technologies are interlinked. Because this is all about exponentiality and humans can't think in exponential terms. How consequential do you want to say machine intelligence is? It's almost certainly as consequential as writing. How long did writing take to disseminate through the human population? You know, hundreds, thousands of years. And we're dealing with it now on a scale of months. But in this kind of world, you're compounding 100% growth every year and the numbers become astronomical. AI is going to spot patterns in the world that were just completely invisible to us. Even if you think that the AI and the robots are your demise, you might as well bloody invest in them and make some money out of it. If not, you're just going to be angry man shaking your fists at the clouds.